I've had these for years. I approve. Well, thank you. I mixed that with my Stevie Nicks hat because my hair is filthy. And it's also a good uh, a good way to avoid your coworkers if you've got a low-brim hat. <laughs> <clears throat> I think celebrities in airports have mastered that yeah. move. <laughs> you know. At one time we were at the beach on vacation and my cousin had a big old floppy hat on and some like she was wearing like festival wear, fringe and shit. And someone come up to her to look under her hat. I think they thought she was a celebrity. Yeah. And we were like, what the fuck? Get out of here. Who's under there? <laughs> Probably paparazzi. Who's under there? Um, Have we got a level? Yeah, I think we got a level. Uh, welcome, everybody. Um, we have a special guest on the show this week. Uh, Ace Freely. Ace Freely, everybody. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome Ace. I came by to play some guitar for you. That's definitely more Ellis Keys than Ace. <laughs> yeah, that's Ellis Keys. Flute. That's Ellis Keys and Ace Freely. <laughs> you that you just have you just created a composite of the worst possible person. <laughs> hey guys. Doesn't get worse than that. Fucking Nazi Trump supporting rock and roll legend. Yeah, Woo. I wanted to come play some guitar for you. Uh, I that, hope it's okay. That is a scary. It's dead on. <laughs> it's dead on. It's very weird. Yo, I saw. Listen, this is honest to God. I saw him in Walmart coming out of Walmart. I was I was going in, and I just I just veered off to avoid. To, I didn't even go into Walmart. I went through like the fucking. Hey, you're talking about Ace Garden, Ace Freely Keys, Keys. Uh, yeah. You yeah. Know. Hey, you know, you know how people have an aura. Welcome to Whitesburg, Kentucky. We uh, <laughs> we just came by to play some guitar for you. And uh, please stop that. Yeah, just reel that in. I can't. Rock and roll. Could you hear Ace up here? Yeah, I could. What do you mean? Did you? I could hear Ace in Fort Wayne, Indiana, baby. <laughs> Yeah, you can hear Ace on the moon. Well, we, we drove by and they were setting up. I can't believe they set up a whole new stage down there. Did you see it? I went down there. Did you? Yeah. You actually went to the grounds? Yeah, I went down you there. You had a ticket? No. No, I just sort of snuck in. I ran into Russ and, and uh, John. And the they were going? The tattoo shop. No, they were... Um, Hanging out in John's yard and <laughs> No, they were there. That was my plan. I ran into Russ and Russ was like, man, you could just come up to the stage. Like They're not checking... Uh, things or whatever. Yeah, you're if if you buy takes to Greg Napier show, you're a rube. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he used to sweat you to just shake you down at Summit City at both doors. Anywho, uh, we drove. I couldn't believe he set up that whole stage, but when we came back through, it was just people leaving, mm. and it had just started because it was a downpour. Yeah. Well, he. I got to hand it to him. Um, he came out and he still rocked out. Did he? In yeah. the pouring rain. He was real nice too. Really? Yeah. He was like, he was like, he's kind of got. Uh, it was really funny because he's got like a real. He has the exact accent you would expect, like like, like in New York. Like, hey, what's going on, Weisberg? We're gonna play <laughs> some songs for you tonight. Hey, we're gonna play some songs for you. I'm walking in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking shredding right here. I'm fucking shredding right here. This one's from my 1978 solo album. <laughs> Oh, yeah. he had some really funny songs. Does I he wonder... have long hair? Oh, yeah. He still has long hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was really surprised. I thought that he was going to be sort of like a... 
Because, you know, it had, had like, a downpour. and um, It was so funny. Like, the crowd, though, the crowd was exactly what you would expect. Oh, yeah. I saw them walking, and it was just, like, leather vests. Yes, totally. So many kiss leather army. vests. Kiss Army. Yeah. Straight yeah. up Kiss, kiss Army. Kiss Absolute Army was out. Kiss Army. Um, Knights and Satan service. Yeah. Uh, Damn, listen who called in to the radio show this morning wanting me to pitch them. Uh-huh. Sons Ace of... Brother. No. <laughs> Sons of the Confederate something. Did you tell them go hell? I said, have a good day. <laughs> God, thank you. God bless. They're set up down there to save a lot in fucking Coburn or somewhere. And they didn't even tell me what they were doing while they set up doing. But I didn't ask their care. <laughs> yeah. After you, they say Confederate, you just. I zoned out. Yeah. Thanks, man. See I'm good. <laughs> also, you lost. <laughs> uh, Go home. Move on. Mm. I'm, yes. trying, I'm, trying, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find a. The song that he sang uh, last night. Well, we were speaking about celebrities there, and I got a, a little bit of a funny story. So my cousin, Adam Adams, that's his name, uh-huh. government name, Adam Adams. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's a professional gambler. That's what he does. Still, I thought he just, hung up his hat. No, he, fuck, <laughs> no, he ain't hung it up. No. <laughs> well, now he's kind of the guy at the, like, the casinos on the river near Cincinnati where, like, if, like, the high rollers come in, they call him to come play with them. Yeah, because he's just like you know he married into money and he's just you know he's like really good gambler. He's one of the world's best gamblers, really is. And so like maybe like a year or two ago, Bruce Willis came to play with him, <laughs> and uh, he said Bruce was nice and you know like one of those guys that you know is make, just making bad jokes and everybody's acting like oh yeah that's great Bruce you know and all this stuff. And uh, I the can't guy until that's me. Yeah, well. <laughs> That could be any of us. Not me. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I say fuck the celebs, man. To their face. I say that we had a literal celeb on our show. Hey, Bruce Willis, look at me. I'm no big guy. I still kick your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so one of the guys with Bruce Willis on that trip is this guy named Randall Emmett, who's the director of that show Power, and he did Gotti, John Travolta. Yeah movie a couple other days oh yeah 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 and uh he's engaged to the the one chick from vanderpump rules mm-hmm. and i forget what her name is never seen it but I know. i've heard people talk about it, i've never seen it though um but anyway like you know he's kind of this like schlubby guy in his 50s probably and like you know she's like fucking drop dead gorgeous all this shit you know archetypal director dating way out of his <laughs> league like fucking like who's the guy that did x-men brian singer not no not not him <laughs> That's a different thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different thing he did. Uh, little boys. Zach. You're referring to little boys. Zach. Uh, help me out here. Zach, Zach Snyder? Not Zach Snyder. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck, what's his name? He was. I thought Brian Singer did that. No, he I was, can't name he one was, director. He was engaged. <laughs> Tom, Tanya. This kind of thing. Steven about, Spielberg? Okay, yeah, maybe I could have come up with that she one. She could name one. This guy Opie. I'm thinking about. Yeah, Ron, Ron Howard. Howard. Doing, yeah. <coughs> Ava. Guy, Ava. I'm just naming all the directors on that. Oh. The guy I'm thinking of was engaged to Serena Williams for a little bit. All right, what? give me stall for a second. I'll figure it out. Yeah, let's ask fucking Which Siri? X-Men, though, Tom? Because I know Brian Alexa. Singer did most of the X-Men. He might have produced it. <laughs> oh, no, oh, Brett Ratner. I'm sorry, Brett oh, Ratner. Oh, okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, he did like Rush Hour. Rush Hour and all that shit, yeah. Okay. And maybe he didn't do X-Men, I don't know. Anyway. How, where, how did we get here? But anyway, I'm Whoa, getting the voice. So, 
so child sex ring. God. So Adam made buddies with Randall Emmett, and they keep in touch. Not only do they keep in touch, like they go on trips and shit, like gambling trips and everything. <laughs> what the fuck? And I'm talking, and he just like this is just something he neglects to mention. It's like when your friends get rich, like they like go and like get rich friends, sometimes yeah. famous rich friends, and they go do like rich guy dick shit. <laughs> Rebecca, like, you know, yeah. So anyway, oh, from last episode, okay. <laughs> so. uh Anyway, he said, yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like a, apparently a big thing in the, like, the, you know, celebrity gossip papers, this wedding. And he got invited to. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, so my cousin's going to be at the... The, the Vanderpump uh, Rules. The Vanderpump Rules um, starlet slash <laughs> this Emmett dude's wedding. Jesus. Fuck, man. Well, good thing Ace... Hey, Ace, are you going to go to that? Yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be there. And, uh... No, that's Ellis. It's, uh, uh... Why is Ellis in your house? Uh, I just wandered up here. I thought I'd be in a podcast. Just that is, I can't handle this. I can't either. I'm so creeped out. <laughs> I mean, I had literally laid eyes on this man two days ago. And I've been creeped out ever since. I don't know. I don't know what y'all are talking Does about. Does anybody look more like shit than Ellis Keys, though? I don't know what y'all are talking about. I will about. never, for as long as I live, forget the day he brought raw meat <laughs> into Summit City. Just a sack of raw meat. So here, y'all can serve this. I don't know what you're here, talking about. Here, I just about. wanted to donate this, is, this. We're talking about Ace. That was, that was probably a human. <laughs> also, the other thing, too, is like Ellis Keys like, makes Steve Bannon look like a goddamn oil painter. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen an uglier, more like unkempt man. Hey, why are you why are you ragging on Ellis, man? This motherfucker came here to play some rock and roll. <laughs> God, that's so dark. Go back to the New York. I'm walking here. Hey. I Ace. Yeah, can't you just uh, be I like that better here. for Ace, and actually, it's more appropriate. <laughs> oh my God. No, it's funny though. Ace Freely Keys is a much better character. It's now a character in the Tribulus canon. <laughs> oh. Okay, dude. Here's my question. I've just been walking around my house the past 24 hours oh and God. talking to myself in that voice. Jesus Christ. Hey, hey Terrence, uh, you gonna clean out your bathtub today? <laughs> It's just too on the nose. If you're going to dissolve that body, uh, you're going to need... Uh... You know, like, yeah, somebody could do a Trump, and it's like not really close, but it's still funny, because like, you can get what they're going for. This is creepy. Yours is just too <laughs> good. But people don't know that. The audience doesn't know that. So all the audience knows is Ace Freely Keys. Well, we could play one of his uh, videos. Oh, yeah, you're right. Direct your party. <laughs> Ellis Keys, for those that don't know, is the former mayoral candidate from San Francisco. <laughs> That at some point became a Nazi and hosted the fucking traditionalist workers party. Uh, yeah, we did Here introduce him to the hate rally. Yeah, we did introduce him to the uh, the Trillbillies canon um, with the Anna Merlin episode because she met him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she met Ellis. She met Ellis. Oh, yeah. She came in to cover that and then met him. Oh, yeah. God. I would have loved to been a fly on the tree up there because I've seen his property and it is a tick infested autumn olive yeah. rock bed is yeah. what it is and he had them camping up there. Yeah, it's so they, maybe, got, maybe they that, got what they deserved. That probably was their downfall. Maybe that was practice. Yeah. Maybe he was like, "We're going to make them sleep on a. I want to make them think. <laughs> yeah, Racky, we're going to make them sleep on a racky strip mine. Racky, oh god, <laughs> he's just too good. <laughs> 
<laughs> here's the thing about Ellis Keys too that doesn't jive. Here's the thing about Ellis that doesn't jive. So Ellis like claims he's from New Orleans, right? Uh-huh. That is not a New Orleans accent that he does that. Doesn't That's not claim... even like the New Orleans yet. That's like fucking. Doesn't he claim he was like either in jail or like in the system somehow? I'm a political prisoner during Katrina, sure. and they his like That's paper, one way to... his shit got lost or something, so he's off scot free. Oh yeah, That's Daniel Dotson claims during Katrina that he that he avoided a lot of shit because of it wasn't Katrina. It was um, it was another big hurricane in like the nineties. Uh, well, whatever it was, anyway, Irene God. or something. I can't now. Now that I've been talking so much in that voice, like I've stop. started to hear my own internal thoughts in no, that. No, you're voice. fucking yourself over here. <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta. We, we gotta bring this back. Well, we gotta get you out in the sunshine. <laughs> yeah, we gotta bring you out. Oh, I haven't. Cabin. I have not. I don't think I've had a human interaction since Sunday. <laughs> That's not true. I went down to the show last night. Today's Friday, to, folks. To the Ace Freely show. Hey, yeah, Ace Freely last night. You had the, the fucking Quint, the penultimate. He's like, we're gonna rock. Uh, it, it was kind of like... It, so does he have some solo albums, or did he just do a bunch of Kiss songs? No, so there's, here's the thing. and You know, it's always kind of a, a mixed bag when you're dealing with these kind of artists, because... You never know what you're going to get. You never know if you're going to get them wanting to play their solo shit or if they just if they'll just shut the fuck up and play the hits, you know? Yeah. He Dance Pony they Boy. Play a dance. Mix. He played a mix. He played like a few Kiss songs at first, but then he started to get into his solo stuff and I was like and then and that's when I left. I was like, "Man, I I don't I don't know these songs. Was it I, don't, late I don't do the space man." Or it was yeah. raining. No, it wasn't raining. It was pretty late. It was like maybe ten thirty or eleven. So they waited till they waited yeah. the rain. I went up there at nine something, and I think they were in the meet and greet portion of the programming. They had a meet and greet. Yeah, as you know, like uh, Greg will sell them like three hundred dollar <sighs> packages. So, so this is the funniest thing. Did Greg... he sell out? Did he sell out? How could you sell? <laughs> There's out? no way. How many people would you say were there? Maybe like two hundred. Maybe. Yeah, which is probably like. Like fucking, uh, what's the boys we were going to host that time? Country boys. Uh, I don't Sunday best. Sunday best. Yeah. yeah, like they probably had five or six hundred people there. Well, I think the rain is what did it. I think there were more people there, and then they left, and then they thought that he wasn't going to play. Um, Why did he choose Riverside and set up? Have to set up a whole new stage. More, he could sell more seats. Well, that's the funniest. That's the funniest thing that me and Tom were talking about. So I was talking to somebody last night, and they were like. Um, they were like, "Why is Keith Ace Freely in Weisberg?" And I was like, "Well, so there's this guy. He's a character, really. This guy named Greg who brings these legacy acts in <laughs> to Weisberg. He calls them legacy acts." I kind of I I got a confession to make. I kind of love Greg. Tom Tom is the only guy I know that <laughs> likes Greg. I know he's just a total huckster. Yeah, he's but like he's I got Tom. Greg. Greg is Tom in. Hey, Thirty Tom. years. Yeah, I can't fucking. I used to be able to do an impeccable Greg. Uh, yeah, man, I got you. I, I can. I can fill in the gap here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hang out with Greg and and Ellis. Hey Tom, we got uh, Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple. <laughs> uh, we got Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple, six million albums. So <laughs> next week, next week, I got Richie Cotson, uh, formerly of Poison. Four million now, so got his own Fender Signature Series. This is going to be the smallest room he plays on this run. <laughs> got his own Fender Signature Series. Smallest room he plays. Uh, 
Yeah, twenty. There's 20 a, there's now. actually cool. some overlap here because Ellis and Greg have beef. Oh really? Oh, yeah. God. Hey, fuck you, buddy. Because Ellis. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, let's do this. We could do this. I'll be. All right. Let's enact this great. scene. I'm gonna, I'm gonna set this up for you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So one time Ellis was trying to get into a Greg show. I knew that's what it was. Greg is the biggest dick about getting into yeah. those fucking shows. What do you mean I gotta pay twenty five dollars to see the keyboard student Lizzie? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, what do you mean I gotta pay this? <laughs> this, is prepos- <laughs> this is preposterous. <laughs> the xylophone player for White Snake. <laughs> what in the goddamn? What do you mean I gotta pay? I used to hang out with Sin Lizzie and hate Ashbury in 1973. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hit your inhaler. <laughs> Ellis, I'm only going to tell you once, man. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to call Tyrone. I'm going to call the mayor of Whitesburg. Call him. Get him down here. I'll take him to court. And then this is where you tell me you're going to cut my dick off and throw me in the dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> that, that really I'll bury you underneath some rocks under my property in, up in Democrat. He lives in, a, he lives in Democrat, Kentucky, which is hilarious. A place called Democrat, Kentucky. Yeah. I'm truly <clears throat> fucked up over here. <laughs> <laughs> you saying, what do you mean I got to pay $35 to hear the keyboard player for Tim Lizzie and Ellis' voice? <laughs> it's all it God damn, I wish, these pe- I wish these people knew Ellis and how fucking spot on. Go watch. There's a video on C-SPAN. Go, go Google Ellis Key's C-SPAN. Party of life. Well, the funny and listen, this guy talking. If y'all had told me this was going to be the Ellis Keys episode, (laughs) I would have called in sick. Okay, I would have called in sick. You used to organize him. He's KFTC or for I did, life. I did too. I did too. Not, no, he was. We he, we were not allowed to have him in the in the office. I had to organize because him because he was a water tester. He got caught no, uh, looking at porn on a KFTC computer <laughs> before my time. What kind of porn? I don't know. No one said. Okay. But yeah, he wasn't allowed in the office. Mm. When he would come in, you would have to like there was like protocol to get him out and then lock the door well, behind him. He, would, he had a keys protocol? There was like a tornado protocol, <laughs> yeah, that I was given. Okay, this is what, is this a Patreon? There's, no, this is for real. Shit. This is well, the public episode. Well, this okay, I'll, I'll edit it then. This was the two first things they tell you when you when you start working in the Whitesburg office of KFTC. One, there's the keys protocol. <laughs> you, if he comes it's in. It's like an active shooter drill. Tell, you know, tell him you're on your way out. You got to go. Got to lock the door. Got to right. get him out, lock the door. Second is that your two most active members, longest members that are married, mind you. I know you're talking about. Once having an affair with a younger member and uh, everyone knows, but you have to pretend that no one knows. (laughs) Those are the two most important things to know. Um, I know you're talking about. Yeah, the... uh, There's a really hilarious video. uh, So you know how me and Tom, we just shot that thing for means tv about yeah. that black red at black mountain ridge it's a nice plug you did there yeah yeah well it's <laughs> there's a video of ellis and some ramps activists in like the mid-2000s up at that exact spot is that how we could finally cancel ramps tying them to ellis keys is ramps even still, does it even still exist hopefully not but i don't know 
It's really funny, though, because Ellis is videotaping it. He's like, all right, going to need you to hold the flag here. Oh, yeah. You yeah, he's directing. Yeah. yeah, he's directing. And, like, the first couple oh. minutes of the video is just him, like, saying, like, trying to get everybody in the right place. And it's, and... like, these, like, crusty DC, like, dreadlocked activists, like, yeah, man, mountaintop removal sucks. And Ellis is like, that's all. That's right. All right, going to need you to stand right here. <laughs> <laughs> In that same spot. In the exact same I know. spot. When I saw that exact... video, I was like, oh my God. Well, here we are again. I thought we were done with the Mountain Witness <laughs> tour. And we have come full circle. Oh, yeah. We, well, re- we revived it. Yeah, we were for the socialist is that, movement. When they showed up, were they like, can you take us to a strip mine? Is that what they said? Yeah. And that's so why I was like, well, I don't know any better spot. Like, that's the best spot, it really. It is the best spot if you want it to is. see it. For a video. And you can't be, you can't be uh, risk and trespass with people from that's out right. of town. Yeah. Um, well, what I was going to say about the Greg shows is that um, it's really funny to me because there were people there last night. So it's all just one big area. And it's like, I just walked in there for free. And there were motherfuckers there who I guarantee paid $200. Wait, for what? For that Ace Freely show last night. Why? Because that's how Greg does the artificial demand thing. He, he like hikes it up. Well, he gets a lot of people from out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they'll pay like two hundred dollars to like get in the pit. But they don't understand the pit is as good as like <laughs> row seven hundred. <laughs> he does this at Apple Shop too. He'll charge like a hundred dollars for the front row, and in Apple Shop, all this like the back row is actually probably better than the yeah. Front they're row. in a bad <laughs> seat in there. Also, there's one hundred and fifty seats. He'd sell two hundred tickets. Yeah. I almost kind of respect it. It's a good grip. It's a hustle. Complete uh, dick, and he's like, huh, huh. What? Huh, I wonder how this happened. <laughs> What's well, so funny? The Ellis, funniest, man. the funniest thing about Greg though. Is like how he just flouts like the fire code and shit. Like he'll just be like, "Oh, I talked to James Wiley. It's cool." Yeah. <laughs> and like you know, the mayor's fucking doesn't know his name four days out of the week. You know, he's yeah. sundowning. T so. Ray, what's going on, man? <sighs> the mayor's sundowning. My opinion: You didn't want to run into Greg last night interloping. No, 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 he'd, no. He'd discipline you. He would have disciplined me. Yeah. T Ray, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave, man. Look, man, I know you were here. I know you want to see the spaceman. <laughs> the spaceman. Spaceman Ace Freely. I, again, I was pleasantly surprised with how fun Ace Freely was. I bet he would have offered you a half price ticket. He probably would have. Oh, fuck, I wish I I thought it was rained out. I came down to see the spaceman. Well, yeah. We drove by there. It was pouring. I was like, yeah. There's no fucking. No, I mean, I, what happened is I think he, they just nixed the uh, opening bands. Uh, okay, because uh, me and Michella, we had plans. that fucking that is <clears throat> shitty, dude. Yeah. You me tell you why that's shitty? Because I know Greg's mo, and he ain't paid them. He didn't pay them. No, no he makes them pay to like get on the bill, <laughs> like oh, sell tickets fucked. to get on the bill. Well, and, and so I saw one of the bands. I can't remember their name now, but I saw them on Facebook, like uh, bragging about it. Like, no big deal, just opening for Ace Freely on Thursday. <laughs> Except they did. Except God they did it. <laughs> yeah, our our plan was to picnic. Just right across the river over there, yeah, in the upper bottom, that'd have been fine seats. That's what I. Th- yeah, that, you could have heard everything. You don't necessarily need to see it. Ace yeah. Freely's wrinkled. Well, ass. there was. It was funny because I was. I stood at the back with the w- water plant employees. Okay. Like all the employees from the water plant were just sitting out there, and they were videotaping it from all the way in the back. Yeah. And then Russ came up there and was talking to us. He was like, "Man, just come fucking come up to the front, fuck it." You know what's fucking funny is I I bet Greg would probably try to see it go to the water guys. Hey guys, you do a fine job for this city. Uh, but if you're gonna stand here and watch the show, I need fifty seven dollars a piece. 
No, I'm giving you half price oh, here. Shit. This is the, the give- smallest venue he'll play in five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And never, hey, Ace Freely never come back to Eastern <laughs> Kentucky one night only. <laughs> and then he'll have him back next year, same time. <laughs> Dude, one of the, I sent Tom a really funny comment yesterday. This is the event of the summer, really. I sent Tom a really funny comment yesterday I saw on Facebook. Ace Friday was the event of the summer. Hey, Ace, my husband Harrison Sexton is going to be there tonight. Would it be possible for you to take a picture with him? He named his firstborn son after you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask you a question. Did they name, you think they named the son Ace or like Paul Daniel? Oh, (laughs) interesting. Or did they name him Paul Daniel Ace Ace Sexton? Oh, my God. I don't know. If I did that, I'll claim you. Lord of mercy. Pretty funny. Well. The funniest mm. Greg show. The funniest fucking Greg show of all times when he had L.A. Guns in Summit City. Yeah, you were working there at the time, huh? Yeah. L.A. Guns shows were fucking insane because you could tell these guys never, it doesn't matter if they're in fucking Whitesburg, Kentucky or the Viper Room. They think they're like L.A. Strip is still the 80s. And they would pull up their tour bus right on a main street. And, Take uh, up like 16 spaces. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't think they understood how small Summit was. Yeah. But Summit, for people listening, there's like two big glass windows behind the stage. So the sound boomerangs. Yeah. So like it is a loud fucking venue and, and small. It's funny. Yeah. It's absolutely like, funny. Capacity's 160, but really, like if you get 40 warm bodies in there, it's packed out. It's capacity's 160? 160. That's. Wow. That's, that's that's insane. That's Joe Beverly paying the fire marshal off. Is what when we did our show, when the Tribbillies did our show there, we we got close to 100, I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I'd it say felt we packed, had, for sure. It felt packed, yeah. Um, But the L.A. Guns rolling there. We didn't have a crowd like the L.A. Guns, I'll tell you that right now. They were, <laughs> well, who does? They were out in the streets. <laughs> they were sitting on the damn post office lawn trying to keep peek through the glass window. Well, it's funny because, like... <laughs> Women, you know, will be there. Like, okay, there's like several kinds of archetypes at these shows. There's like guy, all everybody's just trying to relive the '80s at these type shows. Whether it's Richie Kotzen, L.A. Guns, even Striper. But let me tell you something. Fueled 100 on nostalgia. Yeah, let me yeah, tell you yeah. something though. Let me tell you something though. You don't think if Tears for Fears were there, we'd be in there fucking... I would absolutely uh, be there. I love Tears for Fears. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same shit. Like, we like all these 80s golf bands and, like, you yeah. know, shoegaze but bands the and shit. I don't even know what you're talking about. The difference is, is that these people actually lived through those years. Yeah. They're like, hey. We were, like, three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tears for Fears were out. <laughs> Pretty funny. And how, it's, does, how does does Greg ever actually make money on these shows? Oh yeah, he right. makes a grip on some of these. Shows. I would say if he's charging two hundred bucks for pit uh, tickets, there are people dumb enough to actually. You could probably book Ace Freely. We probably if we could probably pull like, four four grand, and five I'm grand. Again. Knocking the hustle on. Maybe I should even edit this, but um, then again, nobody in Lester County even listens to this podcast. No. <laughs> It's something to do. <laughs> I guess. It's yet to be seen who's writing in to speak your piece about us. Uh, yeah. I haven't been reading Speak Your Piece lately. Since I don't go to work anymore, I don't have a uh I don't see the Mountain Eagle on a daily basis. Well this week somebody said, Did you see y'all are in the Mountain Eagle? And I was like, Uh, this week? Really? And I was, and then they're like, No, it said it called Terrence called Terrence a twink and oh, yeah. Tom bald and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Tom For the record, the Tom is not bald. I don't know where. <laughs> Am I it? grotesque or something? Am I horrible to look at? I've just never felt lower about my appearance in my life. I've never lacked confidence with, you know. No, Tom, you're not grotesque. 
Better, better. <laughs> that was the best looking one. Some, That's why some, they're fucking with some, you. Some, some person falls in the looks like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> what? Somebody said I did, that? I did see that. I was like, what? The, why would you say that to somebody? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, see, the thing is. It's a face for radio. Yeah. The, the we, thing is, like, you know, amongst friends, you bust each other's balls. <laughs> but everybody knows you don't go to the places that really hurt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like, sometimes... Uh, you dated someone one time, um, he will remain nameless, um, who thought we were just a little too, who thought we were much closer than we actually were, and who would like sort of rib me. You know, like sometimes you ever just know somebody who. They just, they're a habitual line stepper. They're as Tom Like says, Charlie <laughs> Murphy said. <laughs> a habitual line stepper. Yeah, somebody who, like, you know, they'll, like, sort of rib you and you're like, I don't know you like that, man. And it turns into a thing, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who was, who is this that I dated? Can you give me a hint so yeah. I know who it is? Yeah, uh, it was Softocles. Uh, is that, is that too much of a hint? Will people figure that out? <laughs> oh, that dude was a habitual line stepper. Yeah. I probably had two interactions with him both times. It's like, bro, you don't know me like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I walked in. I, I also, walked in. Let's say dating. I think that's a strong yeah, word. Yeah, you're right. You're honestly, right. you're right. Sorry. Uh, what would? What? How would you classify it? More like a booty call, perhaps. In between, I, I, you booty can't call even call it that. He couldn't get it up. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> let he, me he, he had no skills. Let me there tell, were no skills. Let me tell you one on this. A warm body. <laughs> a warm body. I don't know. That was. I walked in. He had a lot of nice hair. He did have good hair. He did have good hair. He had good long hair. Uh, You can't have it all. My first lesbian lover. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When you put it that way. (laughs) He was your gateway into lesbianism. No, he was not the first lesbian I was with, but I would put him in that category. (laughs) Interesting. I wonder if I'm that in anybody's category. A lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Probably. Yeah, I'd say. I don't think that's a bad category to be in, honestly. You could do worse than middle lesbian. <clears throat> I should hope so. Um, you can do way worse. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> wow. Hey, what was this? Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you one. I'm Tanya. I, I walk yeah, into God. the house one time. They're dating. I see this, him, this motherfucker right here, just splayed out on my bed at the back there. <laughs> walk back there. Then she just, he got up and left. And I said, Wait, at your uh, house? Yeah. It's a, one time they were here with a bunch of them at transition. Oh, people. yeah, I do remember that. And I came in there and I said, Well, how's it going? And she just looked at me and shook her head. <laughs> <laughs> that nah, that was the first knowing. night I tried that was the first night I tried to make out with him and he just left. He like freaked out and left. <laughs> wow. Why well, would I literally I make out up. I would make out with probably literally anybody. I, me too. I was like, Hey, it's, let's make out. And I he mean, was like, It's uh, so harmless. Uh, I'll go a step uh, further, <laughs> you know. I'd fuck anything. <laughs> like, if you want to get me in bed, you don't have to try that damn hard. And his, uh, oh. um, the record show. Let the record show. Yeah, let the record show. <laughs> I will stop right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to dig in on my record, goddamn. Um, I know, like, I mustered up the balls to say, hey, let's make out. Just, like, low key. <laughs> No, seriously. Uh, totally. He couldn't take it. Yeah. He, couldn't, he couldn't even handle it. Whatever. Well. <sighs> well. That's, that's a little more direct than my old line. Hey, you want to go watch some TV? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was very clear. Um. Well, I saw this week, Um. yesterday. Uh, yes, okay, so two news stories. Yesterday I saw 
that Florida, of course, has finally passed that teachers can bring guns to school. Nice. Awesome. And then this morning I heard that the NRA is bankrupt. Interesting. Wow. So So who leveraged that? So they're winning and losing at the same time. How's this happening? That's weird. Um, well, yeah, there's like a currently like a power shakeup at the NRA, right? Like, I think they're trying to get rid of, uh... They're suing themselves right now. <laughs> the NRA <laughs> is suing them. They're suing NRA TV. Really? Yeah, for like overcharging them or something. What? This was, this was literally the morning dispatch this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. That's why I know. That's really funny. <laughs> um... So in Florida, then, if you're a teacher, you can pack heat. Yeah, I mean, uh, this this came across the TV real quick last night in the restaurant I was in, and uh, Michelle told me. So well, when I was a student, I should probably fact check this, but when I was a student at UT, uh, they they were yeah, an active shooter situation, didn't you? We did, we did have an oh, active at tax, shooters. at Texas, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. That guy was just walking around, just shooting a automatic weapon, just haphazardly. He wasn't really? even aiming at anybody. Yeah, and then he went to the top of the P- PLC, I think that's what it was called, the Perry Castanet, PCL, and he um, shot himself. Um, and so that spurred a debate um, of should teachers be allowed to, should anybody be allowed to carry on campus? And uh, then they passed that after I'd left, maybe about a year after I'd left, or a year or two after I'd left. At UK, the worst thing we had was the foot stabber, the library foot stabber. <laughs> Somebody was going really? under the desk in the library and stabbing people's feet. What the fuck? Which I'd is, rather have an active shooter. <laughs> which, situation. in some ways, I'd rather take my chances <laughs> with the guy with the AR-15. But yeah. Colton Tooley, I think that was his name. That's the guy who went on. How they, did, did some brave bitch tackle him or something? How'd they bring him down? He just no, got he tired. Shot he no, finally he went to sleep. Himself. Wow. Yeah. Well, UT has the biggest. UT has. I think UT has the biggest school shooting still. In history, right? Or definitely it was for the longest time. Uh, Charlie Whitman. Uh, <laughs> That's so fucking hilarious. You, you don't have... You know you live in a fucked up country when your school has the first and probably at least fourth <laughs> biggest active shooter things. That's going to be in the fucking recruitment catalog. Hey, yeah. hey. It, it's basically no different than like talking about your Confederate past. <laughs> That's true. That's going to be like the dystopian thing. Well, you know... <laughs> They'll probably start we've serving moved it. moved on, and we're yeah, not proud of it. Serving it like uh, getting struck by lightning twice. Like, we've already been through that. Yeah. Probably, yeah. probably won't happen again. Chances yeah. are very low. Well, that one was insane because uh, Charlie Whitman was trained by the military, and so he was a really good shot. So he was just smoking. Picking them off. Yeah, yeah. God From the damn. top of the tower. From the top of the bell tower on UT campus, which is one of the most fascist architectural structures in america i feel like have y'all ever seen it Mm-mm. it's so fascist is it just bevo the the cow with the fucking like <laughs> eagle on his head holding like an iron cross or something that would be less fascist than this building <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um this is ut longhorns right yeah yeah i followed their softball team in high school they oh a really? great softball team yeah everybody loves the alex UT's. still does yeah um can we take five seconds? I've got to be so bad. Okay. I, don't, I hate to fuck up our thing here, but I've got a reading thing uh, I want us to... A reading? Yeah. Okay. Or we, And we could also talk about Miami if you want. Turn this episode around. <laughs> That's good. It's a lot of good banner. <laughs> We're
We're just a little choppy. We ain't been at it in a minute. I mean, well, tell yeah, tell me about Miami. Well, did you stay in six different hotels? No, just one. But they're all on the same strip. Right. So like where I was at Cute Biscayne Boulevard, it's like all these old like motels that they've refurbished into these like you know boutique things or whatever. Yeah. And they all got their neon signs out uh, front. It's real kitsch, but it's it's cool. I love those nail neon signs, especially the copper tone girl. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the crown jewel. Was this a family vacation or? No, me and Alex just went down there and... Got away. Got away. Got away. I thought about looking up uh, my dad, <laughs> my family, but I was like, yeah, I'll just sit that one out. Why ruin a vacation, really? Yeah. <clears throat> Have you ever seen him? Yeah, I met him once. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just say, but you don't want to give up those witch powers if you've never seen your daddy. What's that mean? <clears throat> People who've never seen their dad can heal. Really? Yeah. God damn it. Croup and and maybe warts. Well, that's fucked up. I, I traded witch powers to fucking watch Jeopardy and eat chicken nuggets one night in 94. Yeah, that's a bad mistake. <laughs> I sold a wart this week. It's gone. Really? Yeah. Somebody bought it off on me for a penny. What? I told somebody I thought I thought I was getting a wart on my thumb. Like a little, little, little bitty wart. And she was like, I bought it off of you. And she gave me a penny. I rubbed the penny on it. And it's gone. Oh, my God. That wasn't no damn wart. I don't know. <laughs> Guess we'll Seemed never like a wart know. to me. So, yeah, so Miami was... The thing about Miami that's crazy is it's just for only the rich and beautiful. Yeah. Like, I felt so fucking... <laughs> As if Trillbillies hadn't brought you down enough. As if this goddamn charade <laughs> of a show hadn't brought me down enough. You took your ass to Miami, tried to trot around topless down re- there. It was really the worst time to go down there coming off of people calling me fat on the internet oh and my ugly God. and everything else. And You're going to give this man a complex. I hope you people are proud of yourselves. I just want people to know how really good looking I am. You life. body shaming bastards. So, I go to fucking Miami. So, I go, I go in this place. I was looking because Caroline took care of the cat, and I go in this place called the Webster, which is like this like super chic, like high end boutique. Like they sell like you know Prada and shit in there and whatever. And uh, I was going to look for their candles because I'd heard they're like you know they make these unique candles and they're good and whatever. But like I'm just coming off the beach, and there's this guy. He's like the doorman, right? Yeah. And I walk up, and I could tell this motherfucker was, like, hesitant to let me in. And I know this because I once got kicked out of the Hermes store in Las Vegas for not wearing a jacket. Like, you had, at the time, you had to wear, like, a blazer uh-huh. to go in there. Like, you had to be Whoa. properly turned out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't. And so, like, I went in, and they, like, <laughs> turned me away. You know, I was like, you, you know, whatever. So you're too much of a scrub. Too much of a scrub for the high-end boutique. So yeah. I go in this place. You're carrying a bag of raw meat, sir. <laughs> Please get out of here. <laughs> sure you don't want to cook it up? Because <laughs> high quality. So I'm, I'm walking in there, and within four seconds, I instantly know I've made a mistake. Like this guy's just looking at me with such contempt. And, like, I am walk down there and just, like, start, you know, fiddling with a few things, trying to plot my exit, like, you know, whatever. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Nobody acknowledges me. Like, I've waved to, like, the, the girl that's working up front. And she just looked over at me with such contempt and looked down. <laughs> oh, my God. And I know this rubs you hard because you 
know what it's like to feel good in those places. Well, I like, <laughs> you know what I mean. He'll, he'll yeah. take you into his fucking tuxedo shop. We'll go to Atlanta. Sid Mashburn, they treat you like gold. They do. They gave me a free <laughs> bourbon and coffee while I sat there with my ex girlfriend at the time. Uh, I think the guy was trying to fuck her. <laughs> Probably has I now. Was, I was like, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Have at it, my I'm man. I'm miserable. <laughs> Please. Please, I'm begging you. So, so, you know, I'm I'm in there, and then I'm just like, I see this, the DHL, like the delivery guy that drops their packages off, he like comes up on the elevator. There's an elevator in this motherfucker, and I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to follow this guy out. And when I walked out, I just said to the doorman, thank you, and he did not look at me, did not acknowledge me. Any of that shit. Damn, did you just you should just spit on the floor. <laughs> well, I want to encourage anybody, if anybody is Miami listeners, I will pay you. I'm telling you, I will pay you one hundred dollars in American cash <laughs> if you go spray paint a dick on the door of the fucking Webster in Miami. I swear to God I will. <laughs> I will PayPal you today if you go vandalize that fucking store. How what what has I mean, well, here's what's, the, here's funny, the what's funny is we drag people for uh, for dragging uh, retail workers, but this is next level. They've been trained. Well, here's mm. the shit. They're class traders. And yeah. that's why I was thinking, yeah. like, motherfucker, I know you're not making more than $13 an hour to open this fucking door. They're class yeah. traders. You're you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I worked at the Webster, somebody comes in there, I'd be like, oh, hey, here, we'll take a candle, too. Take a fucking, mm-hmm. uh, fucking $600 Celine blouse while you're at it. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? While we're on Clash Traders, I um, discovered, well, I hate to say discovery. I, I, I'm trying to not use that word ever again. It's just so Columbus. Discovery? <laughs> D- discovered something. <laughs> what are you t- <laughs> That is hilarious. Well, listen, when I hear a man say, when I hear a man say, you know what I've just discovered? As if he... Is the first to discover it. And I'm like, okay. This is a new problematic I've not heard of yet. But it makes total sense. It rings to me and I'm like, oh my God, you really, you think you discovered this? (laughs) Anywho, I saw, I was in Pikeville this week and in an empty parking lot, there's like a little building, nothing's ever in the parking lot. They've they've covered the building with no yard sale signs. Now, why? Why the fuck there's an empty parking lot? Can people not have a motherfucking yard sale? That's insane. Clash traders. Yeah, that's pri- yeah. When you've turned on yard sales, <laughs> there's no going back. No, there's no going no, back. Fuck you. I'm glad y'all brought up clash traders because this is literally exactly what I wanted to. This is so funny. This is what well, not even planned. This is exactly what I wanted to read y'all. Well, let's just wrap this up and say I'm sorry you had to deal with that, Tom. You well, deserve better than that. Yeah. It was just like, you know what and I'm I saying? Up Sorry, Tom. I won't tell. You should have went in there and been like, I have a p- podcast, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you don't know who I am. Go ask Crit Rollins down there at Critton's Men's Store in Lexington. <laughs> That's my first thought. I and was it, like. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Like, you know, I, I was interested in that shit and have met and had relationships with people that are like real ass motherfuckers and like. And, you know, all that shit is bourgeois bullshit, really. In men's fashion. But they're all, like, you know, sweet people. I mean, probably horrible politics, but, like, sweet people. But, like, the real poser motherfuckers that aren't shit are the ones that, like, buy into all that, like, the aesthetic of, like, snobbery and shit. Uh-huh. Like, I hate to break this to y'all, but if you're really into, like, high fashion and to Balenciaga and all that shit, 
you know what? Like, fuck you. It's wasteful. It's killing the world. There's planned obsolescence. You can wear that shit for like eight minutes before like they turn their nose up at it. Like, yeah, <sighs> yeah. You know, this is I don't know anything about fashion really. You're uh, my you're my in. Yeah. Uh, on, on that note, I I had this idea. They've uh, taken Gianni Versace's mansion, which is right beside this place I went into, and they've turned it to a restaurant bar. <laughs> really. Yeah, like the Versace mansion. And I was trying to get Alex to let me lay down on the concrete like when he was murdered and not take a picture. <laughs> she wouldn't she would do it. What? That's hilarious. I was like, you be Andrew Cunanan and I'll be Johnny Versace. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't you also... So you had, you had told me, though, that um, you... Had some interactions with some, like, maybe Venezuelan expats? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, Miami? Yeah. Like, recently. Varying degrees, yeah, yeah. And you happened to be there while a failed coup had, was while going on. While a failed coup has gone on. And I, I haven't even told you about the ultimate, uh, my Cuban cab driver that had told me the most fantastical stories you could imagine. Wow. You just kept changing your destination to keep riding with it. <laughs> I wanted to. It was so good because it was such bullshit. It was so fucking funny. Basically, Cubans are the Italians of South Florida. Like mm-hmm. the New York, like the, you know, the New York City Guido voice people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, like, well, so I'll tell you. So, like, we got in the car and out in front of our hotel, one of the Marley brothers, I don't know which one, was shooting a video in front of our hotel. <laughs> like Bob Marley? Like one of, like, I don't know if it was Ziggy or Steven or Damien or, you know, there's like a million of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of them was out there shooting a video. Because, like, the people, like, it's. <laughs> yeah. So they're out there and, like, they're taking these pictures with this old, like, Yank tank, like one of the old 50s cars, like they have in Cuba. Yeah. And the cab driver picks us up. And, he, and I didn't even know he was, like, Cuban really because he had like kind of a Boston accent which made sense because he had grown up in Boston and born in Cuba and all this stuff so we're pulling out and you know sometimes people bait you into conversation a little bit he looks over at that car that they're using and he goes drove a lot of those when I was growing up <laughs> and so I'm like oh yeah it's like, so yeah you, you grew up in Cuba huh he's like yeah 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 I've had a I've had an interesting life <laughs> And so I look over at Alex, and I'm like, buckle, buckle up. up. This is gotta... He goes, let me show you a few of my babies. And I thought he was going to show me his kids. And now he's showing me his cars. Oh, hell and he yeah. Had, and he had like this. And a lot of this shit looks like he just like like screenshotted somebody's Facebook page or something. <laughs> so who knows if it's even true. And yeah, because then... you can lie to anybody, and it doesn't fucking matter. No. I did that when I was in Austin a few weekends ago. I mean, well, you know, people are like, what do you do? Like, oh, you know. I have a podcast called Pod, Pod Save America. America. <laughs> I have to go to a baby shower tomorrow, and I've already started thinking up the lies I'm going to tell yeah, at the yeah. baby shower. You can lie. That's the funniest. You can just be anybody you want to be. Well, I just know they're going to try to, I, like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the red that's going to come in. Like, they mm. already know. And there are, I'm sure there's going to be a president question. Who I'm supporting for president or some oh, shit. I'm gonna tell him Hillary. I'm saying Hillary's Ellis still Keys. gonna run. Yeah. I was like, Hillary's coming in. Hey, <laughs> life's a party and uh it's just a party party. <laughs> oh my god. It's a party party. Isn't that what his party was called? I mean that's basically this podcast. Life's your party. <laughs> Anyways Tradition- <laughs> continue continue, Tom. What were you saying? So this guy, you know, we're we're riding along and he said uh, yeah, he said um you know and mind you, 
this guy went from quoting Medgar Evers to saying the N-word in like 12 <laughs> seconds. And he's Cuban? And he's Cuban, yeah. And he was quick to tell you that he was white. Like a lot of Cubans do. Like they're quick to tell you, like, no, I'm pure Spanish. And it's like, no, fuck, you're not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just very weird, like, race shit. Anyway, so we're going along, and he's, uh, you know, he's talking and showing me his cars. And he goes, yeah, he said, I've made a fortune and lost it three different times. <laughs> and you ever notice? That's a very Tom Sexton's tale, honestly. Yeah, this is true. I've never made a fortune. I've made a lot of money one time. So, anyway, this guy's going along. He says, uh, yeah, so I tried to, like, kind of chat him up because I realize he's kind of one of those conservative, like, like Miami, like, you know, I won't say rich because he was probably driving. I mean, I, I believe that he probably had a lot of money and went broke. Like, I believe right. that part of his story. But the, there's some, some some details in there that don't quite jive. For one, he said that when they fled Cuba that his dad stole one of Fidel Castro's boats. <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, this guy's just led a commun- an armed communist revolution, and you're just going to go and steal one of this guy's boats. Right. <laughs> that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Camilla Harris dropping a loose one. Oh. Yeah, yeah, this is this is Camilla Harris It's shit. like smoking with uh, sure. Snoop Dogg in the 80s. Uh, so he was like, you know, yeah, he stole one of Castro's boats, and he said, and, and and what was funny about it, and the hallmark of a bullshitter is when they overplay their hand. He was like, right over there is where we pulled up at. <laughs> just happened, just so happened to be along the route that we were going. <laughs> right over there, he said, yeah. my dad stood there and used to watch us play on that beach when we oh, were kids. Oh my god! All this shit. And he goes, uh, yeah, he's like, man, racism is weird. He's like. He's like, you know that line in, in Goodfellas where like Joe Pesci's like, prejudice against Italians. Can you fucking believe it? Yeah, yeah. That's what he says. Like, prejudice against Cubans. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> like, you know, he's talking all this shit. And then he was like, um, yeah, in the 70s and 80s, I had this bar near Barry College, which used to be like an all-women's college. Now it's co-ed. And he, I forget what it was called, but he's like, it was the hottest spot in Miami. <laughs> so Alex texts her aunt, who grew up in Miami, and was like, and went to Barry College, just ironically. Interesting. It said, "Have you ever heard of this place?" And she goes, "No, <laughs> no nobody's ever no." He goes, "Yeah, you can look it up. Go look it up." Couldn't find it. Just fact checking him on the spot. On the spot. He's like, "Oh well, yeah, it was in the seventies and eighties, so maybe it's gone away by now." <laughs> no record on the internet. So he gets into telling us about how he his his he smuggled weed and all this shit, and I was like, "That sounds like Scarface." He's telling you plot lines. Plot lines for Scarface and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then the he's like, plot- I've got some infinity stones. And you're like, he's basically <laughs> turned cabbing into a tour guide service. And he's like, um, yeah. And he's like, uh, I was. He was like two steps away from trying to sell us Herbalife or something. <laughs> but he was like, um, telling us all these stories about growing up in Boston. He was like, I was the only white kid in Boston that spoke Spanish in this neighborhood, and it was just tough. But then he would tell us like these hard scrabble stories about how his dad like owned a mango farm in Cuba and like they were really wealthy, <laughs> and that that son of a bitch Castro took their mango farm, but we took all of our money to the states and all this shit. And uh, where it gets really thick is where he told us that that uh, me and one of my partners Manny, he said we you know came to this country together. And, like the story just changed like twelve times in the, in the cab. He said we went to buy this this boat because we were going to start this fishing business. And he like he said, 
fishing. Oh, was he implying they were he smuggling, was smuggling drugs? Yeah. Okay. And he kept reiterating the whole time that he was writing this book about his life called He's Got We're Gonna Call It the Old Smuggler. I'm surprised he didn't at some point say he knew Scott Storch. Or is that coming? Hold on. Fuck <laughs> what? <laughs> he didn't say that. But he said, So me and Manny went to buy this fishing boat. <laughs> and he said, And wouldn't you know it? It was that same boat my dad stole <laughs> off Fidel Castro. Are you fucking? Swear to God. <laughs> oh, he bought it back. Fucking God. <laughs> and he bought it back. And he said, I, he said, of the things that I have, he said, it's the number one thing I won't let go. And then he showed me. He said, I also had another famous boat. And I was like, oh, yeah. And you know, like, you ever watched Scarface? It's been so long. Uh, well, you know, like the first few minutes where they're showing like real shots from the Mario boat lift in yeah, the eighties. Yeah. He showed us the boat from Scarface. <laughs> he said it's been on Scarface. It's been on National Geographic, oh. and it was called something banana. I forget whatever. Well, the funny thing is, is like you, oh if if I was in his position, I would one hundred percent be telling lies like this. Of be- course, because there's no like. Look, that's one of the things that kind of sucks about living in the time we live now because as you're getting this story, you know, Alex is like checking to make sure that the story is true. It's almost kind of just fun to just ex- let, him, let it go. Let it, let yeah, him just be it. like, all right, well, it's probably not true, but fuck it. Well, <sighs> it was interesting, but that's not even the best one. The best one is when we got the Uber driver that was ex-CIA. <laughs> oh, see, there's a lot of people who do... You know, th- there's that story in New York Mag or whatever that I was talking. It's like all the, it's all the talk right now on Twitter about the Sarah, Sarah Lawrence <laughs> girls, the sex cult. Yeah, the se- yeah. Well, that guy said he was ex CIA. Every like every person who's like conning somebody else is like ex CIA, ex military. They're always stealing valor, you know. Because that's supposed to be the cream of the crop, like. Yeah, I guess it's the ultimate sort of like. The most skilled manipulator. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, it, and it also sort of verifies your credentials as someone who can be trusted, I feel like. Like, oh, I went through mm. basic training, motherfucker. Well, it's, I, I went through training on how to lie. <laughs> so you can definitely trust me. <laughs> like, I can lie with the best of them, so trust me. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I lived in Vegas, my roommate Joanne, her dad was, like, from mainland China and was, like, this character that, like, she said that he's ex-CIA but I feel like that's just something like that he told her, and I guess it turned out that he was just like like a fire what made all of his money in fireworks or something. I don't, but like that's like a common line, like yeah, with yeah. yeah. I got a friend whose dad is from from Ghana, and who also was a CIA operative too. So I don't know, maybe scare that's, quotes, right? Yeah, who, who was also a CIA operative, and this, and you know what. This guy, the Cuban liar dude, uh-huh. his dad was a CIA, but that's probably true. They probably, yeah. <laughs> they probably he was probably trying to assassinate Castro. So. That's true. Jesus. He goes, he goes. So I smuggled, you know, for money. My dad did it for patriotism. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh fuck! Um, but the the cop guy was it was funny because he was like telling us stuff that was word for word from Narcos. <laughs> And then at the end, we pull up to the restaurant we were going to, and he goes, he goes, um, he was talking about his work in Mexico City and all this stuff. In and, the CIA. Yeah, in the CIA. And, like, it literally, I've seen, like, Narcos Mexico, and it's, like, <laughs> two on the nose, you know. And uh, 
he, we pull up to the restaurant, and he goes, I'll tell you what can solve all those problems down there. He said, and nobody wants to hear it, and I knew what was coming. He goes, build the wall. <laughs> he said, that would help those people. And I was like, I said, dude. Oh, I didn't say this. Alex kind of went in on him, and I was just like, oh, yeah. You know, I was getting ready to get out. And uh, Alex was going dead on him. And he was like, you know, nobody wants to hear that. And in my mind, I'm like, you dumb bastard. Like, people do want to hear that. That's one thing I hate about conservative. Nobody wants to hear these these right. hard truths the they hard got. Truths. Actually, your guy won. So, yeah, there's a lot of motherfuckers <laughs> out here that want to hear this shit, actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they can't handle not being the underdog. That's like a part of their identity. They're desperate. They have to position themselves the preeminent aggrieved minority yeah. group. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very fascinating. I mean, it just goes to show you how truly grim reality is at this point that it is so easy to just watch six seasons of something and, and create actually, your own bullshit narrative. Actually, convince probably even yourself that it's the truth that this is your reality. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, just reality is so grim. That it's like, you and, know what? I'm just going to adopt this identity I've, I've been consumed yeah. and with. Everybody's got such a tenuous grip on reality anyway that they're just like, like, like we, you know, we make fun of people that like swear up and down their Native Americans and stuff, but like they probably actually believe They that. literally believe no, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. They believe that their uncle or whatever uh, was swapped by European settlers in 1984. <laughs> my Aunt Sharon left Thanksgiving dinner crying when I was a kid because of a fight over Pocahontas between her and my uncle. <laughs> That's God's honest truth. What's wrong? <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't know. I don't know. The source is... Like, she stomped off saying, like, he was being disrespectful yes, or something? yeah. Oh, you know what's really funny on that note is um, someone had tagged us on Twitter, like, uh, I got my... And shout out to this person. I can't remember her name. I'm really sorry. Um, I haven't really been on Twitter a lot lately. I just sort of saw it in passing. She was like, we got our 23 me and uh, twenty three and me results back. And, oh, Jennifer. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, guess what? No no Native American, whatever. And that was whatever. But then someone hopped in the comment afterwards and was like, I also did a DNA test. And it turns out my biological father's not really my father. <laughs> and then she like wrote a book about it and was trying to peddle it. Yeah. Yeah. In like, self-published in deals. Comments. Yeah. It was really bizarre. Why were we tagged in this? Cause twi- cause no, Jennifer had just added us on uh, it, but then yeah. like, but then like this weird person that wrote a book just came in behind her about how like, her dad wasn't really her dad. It's pretty funny. Um, oh, wow. Well, okay, so I, all right, so I know we're at almost an hour, but I do want to just go through this this article real fast because I think you need to hear it. Back to. To class traders. Back to class traders, but it also goes hand in hand. Really, with, our favorite topic. It's it's class traders, but it also goes hand in hand with constantly suppressing a part of yourself um, and elevating another part of yourself to whatever sort of socially convenient at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this article is in the New York Times. It's written by Rachel Sherman, author of e- Uneasy Street: The Anxieties of Affluence. The article is called The Rich Kid Revolutionaries. <laughs> I just, oh, I can't wait for this. I, I, I can't help but just, I just wish that I can be around post-apocalypse or whatever when people are trying to learn what they can about civilization from New York Magazine. <laughs> New York Times. Or New York Times. From the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. They're like, wow. Hmm. Um. Fascinating. Children of privilege, like Abigail Disney, are taking a moral stand against inequality. 
Okay. It's so, like resource generation. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. You know about this? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Tell us about resource generation, Tanya, and how do you know about it? A girl I used to work with went, to, went up to work for them in New York. Holy shit. Wow. All right. Oh, we got and now that. we have at least one donor from there. No shit. So it should be. It should, it should walk softly here. No, sorry. No, we're not walking softly. No, these motherfuckers. They, it's, if if they say if they believe what they say they believe, then they need. They to need hear to be. This. They need to hear this. Is it resource generation? It says it. Yeah. No, this is an article about resource generation. Okay, you all know who resource generation. It's Farhad. Oh, interesting. Farhad is resource generation. This is hilarious. It makes so much sense now. You all know plenty of these motherfuckers. Okay, keep going. This country is rigged in favor of making the wealth, very wealthy even wealthier. That's what Democrats keep saying on the 2020 campaign trail. And it's what some of the people who have reaped the rewards of this rigged system think, too. Abigail Disney, granddaughter of Roy Disney, is one recent high-profile example. Oh, yeah. She was the one that was like made the video that was like... Guess what? I paid no taxes this year. Doesn't that piss you <laughs> off? Oh, I did see that. Yeah. And it that was, she was like trying to be like the cool billionaire. Yep. Yeah. She's like, I want to pay taxes. So this is what it's talking about. Uh, on Tuesday, she called out the naked indecency of the $65 million in compensation that goes to Disney's chief executive, Bob Igor, or Bob Iger. That figure, she noted, is 1424 times the median pay of a Disney worker. A growing number of privileged young people, a generation younger than Miss Disney, are also questioning the morality of their advantages and the social arrangements that produce them. Many are involved with Resource Generation, an organization for people under 35 who are in the top 10% through their own or their family's income and wealth. <laughs> Most likely their families. I can't... I knew it. I knew it right off the bat. So I went to the website of Resource Generation, and, and right off the bat, I was just amazed. Absolutely amazed. They They feature such articles as... Eight things I learned about wealth inequality in organizing young, wealthy people in 2018. I'm affluent, youngish, and progressive, so how much money should I be giving away? And other such articles. The, the research generation is basically a cult for really, really rich people who feel bad about that. And it's definitely guilt and shame-driven philanthropy. Yeah, it's guilt, it's guilt and shame-driven philanthropy, and it's completely focused on the individual. It has nothing to do with collect- even though they would disagree. They would be like, "No, we're we we want social justice." And they spend a lot of money just on training, like retreats, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> retreats with one another. Yes, to unlearn their fascism or whatever. No, no, no. Look, uh, hold on. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, they're trying to they're trying to unlearn their shittiness rather honestly tom like started to look like he was coming unglued thinking about this look look listen rather than repeat family myths about the individual effort and smarts of their forebears those from wealthy backgrounds tell quote money stories that highlight the more complicated origins of their family's assets if their fortunes came from the direct disposition of indigenous peoples, <coughs> enslavement of african americans production of fossil fuels or obvious exploitation of workers obvious exploitation of where else would it have come from? <laughs> they often express especially acute guilt. As a woman in her early 20s told me of the wealth generated by her family's global business, it's not just that I get fun money without working. It's that other people work to make me money and don't get nearly as much as themselves. I find it to be morally repugnant. Here, let me just and just kind of chime in here a little bit. Here's, here's, here's 
like, look, I know that, like, you know, companies have their board of directors and all this kind of stuff, but if you're sitting on the goddamn Disney fortune, don't you think your dumbass has a say? Like, you could fix that fucking yesterday. Anytime you choose to, you could fix that. You have life-changing money <laughs> that could change not only a couple people's lives, like, the, this fucking, every poor person in this goddamn state and probably Tennessee and Virginia's, too. Even then... Even then, I don't even agree with that as the way to fixing the world's ills. There's literally nothing that you can do with this. Look, the only way to solve any of these problems is through like mass militant action. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm not no. saying like the mechanisms. I'm He's just saying, saying the amount of she, money. She could immediately just be like, okay, every day like workers. Uh, if you felt that goddamn bad about it, you could at least do something. Or something. Well, I'm saying that. That kind of thinking is exactly what resource generation is for. It's for people who feel guilty about their wealth and want to use their wealth to make the world a better place. And I'm sorry, but that's just not how you change things. How you change things is through a revolt of the proletariat. I agree with you. What I'm trying to say is that that money is not doing anything more for them that it couldn't be doing for whoever's. Right. The problem is they what they're not doing is admitting that that's not their money. Yeah, well, they kind of are though. Like this is the thing. Like they're th- this whole sort of cult is it, it This is different from the philanthropist that's just like wants to put money into not these like these people they distinguish have, themselves. feel like they have a moral imperative to redistribute Redist- their ill-gotten gain to the less fortunate. Yeah. Which still also as we know ends up looking exactly like the other kind of philanthropy. They distinguish themselves from liberal p- philanthropy. They're they're sort of social justice philanthropy. They get it. They get, they get it. it. Their yeah. money's going to the right place. Right. Um, They're discussing slavery. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really it. Um, in general, these young people don't believe they are entitled to so much when others have so little. Many describe feeling guilt or shame about their privilege, which often leads them to hide it. One college student, a woman of color, told me that she worried what other campus activists might think of her. What a fraud, right, she said, to be in those spaces and be acting like these are my struggles when they're not. A white woman who lives on her inheritance of more than $15 million spoke of deflecting questions about her occupation so that others would not know she did not work for pay. (laughs) These progressive children of privilege told me they study the history of racial capitalism in the United States. Racial capitalism? Racial capitalism. What fucking capitalism is not racial? Well, this is uh, this is what I've discovered is a sort of more, more woke um, attempt to cast capitalism as uh, strictly a race. Or what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I've seen this lately, and I don't know if I have, I don't know what I think about this yet. So I'm just going to throw it out there. But I've seen lately a sort of rise in thinking about capitalism as something that began with racial slavery. And, and I, not as something that begat slavery. Yes, not not something that slavery grew out of as a function of it. Of it, yeah. As a sort of a, a rapid accumulation of resources and wealth. In the they earth. think there was slavery, and then that begat capitalism. Right. Not, it's a chicken and the egg conundrum. Right. Uh-huh. See, I don't, I don't agree. I don't I think agree with that capitalism all, yeah. began in maybe like the 16th century or 17th century, which was well before there was racial slavery. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I don't know. We, that's a whole other episode. Um, but what a way to... I'm trying to think about the actual fallout of blaming slavery for capitalism. 
Well, for them, it, you it, see what I'm saying. Well, for them, it, it it accomplishes several things at once. It it checks off the white privilege guilt and the class privilege guilt. You know what I'm saying? So that if they're thinking about it, then then that's really all that matters. Like, listen to this. I see what you're saying. This is this is really. They're doing philanthropy, but only as a mechanism to assuage their guilt, really. L- listen, listen to this part. These progressive children of privilege told me they studied the history of racial capitalism in the U.S. and discussed the ways traditional philanthropy tends to keep powerful people at the top. And by traditional philanthropy, they mean liberal philanthropy. They also spend a fair amount of time talking about their money. Should they give it all away? Should they get a job even if they don't need the income? How much is it ethical to spend on themselves or others? How does money shape friendships and relationships? Resource Generation and its members facilitate these conversations, including one local chapter's, quote, feelings caucus. (laughs) I wish y'all could stop the look on Tanya's face just there. I've never seen eyes roll on the back of her head like that. Um. So let's see. Um. There's a okay. There's a part. Let's. I. I just want to sort of skip here to the end. Oh. Okay. Here we go. Wealthy. Okay. As Holly Fetter, a resource generation member in Harvard Business School student, told me, it's essential that those of us who have access to wealth and want to use it to support progressive social movements speak up to challenge the narrative that the 1% are only interested in accumulation and invite others to join us. So as you can see, this... this, this They're defending the 1%. It's yeah, like, basically, we're not all bad. Yes, that's basically it. It's basically the sort of... It's Letting the, them off the hook. It's the narrative thing. Bit, it's yeah. the sort of, like, we've got to change the narrative, folks. We've got to shift the narrative. Yeah. The 1%, there's progressive uh, among us. And then the, here's the, where the author jumps in. Wealthy people are more likely to convince other wealthy people that the system is unfair. And they are the only ones who can describe intimately the ways that wealth may be emotionally corrosive, producing fear, shame, and isolation. Most rich people are sociopaths and therefore don't have a mechanism in their brains to actually feel guilt or remorse about that. You know what resource generation needs to do? They need to pay off all student loans. All student debt. The, what they That's need what to they do need. is <laughs> disband and fucking buy AR-15s and start <laughs> training the paramilitary if they're yeah, serious build, about it. Build a billion dollar fucking paramilitary yeah. organization yes. That's, I'm, to I'm, go I'm, kill their fellow I, classmates. I, I am not exaggerating <laughs> yeah. when I say that's literally what they should be doing <laughs> yeah. because it would actually change something rather than this shit. I see what you're going for. Back you see they what I'm saying? They should go like, start tearing down the wall They think build, that, like right behind it. No, they think, they think that like by, They need to class trade but with extreme prejudice (laughs) (laughs) they think that being a class traitor means having some sort of ideological flip switched in your brain that then turns you into a sort of missionary to your other fellow rich people and all you got to do is convince them that wealth is bad and if you convince enough of them then capitalism will just disappear and go away or not even that or just get nicer this is the problem this is a huge problem i see in social justice spaces when people assume that all that all injustice is is a result of people's sort of prejudices and all these other things. It it all comes down to most people think about things in purely utilitarian measures. They think about so, for example, a rich person thinks about their wealth in terms of their own continued survival at the in the status quo. Right, and that's why it would never work to sort of convince them that wealth is bad and that they should give their money away, whatever. Yeah, that's why it would be much more advantageous and useful for them to just fund a paramilitary and just sort of start breaking down their fucking 
community walls with tanks. <laughs> I've got and I've got the perfect idea who should lead that charge. George Clooney's sister. <laughs> you ever read about George Clooney's sister? Uh uh-uh. uh. So she comes out of the famous Clooney family, obviously, which were rich before George ever made a movie. You know what I mean? Rosemary was a big star in the fifties. Nick Clooney, George Clooney's dad, was a big sportscaster, news guy and all this stuff. So like, you know, she's a child of privilege, but she works at a Coles in like Maysville. So she a class trader? So I think she's class trading a little bit. So I think my thing is we should go get George Clooney's sister to head this <laughs> up. You know what I'm saying? Sure, I'm I'm, I'm with you on this. She, yeah. she works at the Coles for sales? She's no, she's like just an employee of Coles. She's denounced her family's riches? I don't know, but it's it's. I think it sounds kind of gross how George treats her, though. Like <laughs> The fucking, the mental... They didn't even invite her to the wedding. The gymnastics that these people jump through is insane. Class privilege is like white privilege in that its beneficiaries receive advantages that are, in fact, unearned. There's so much in that sentence. A a funny uh, byproduct of this is how much they, uh, to use your all's terminology, block out for these people, they box out. Yeah from other organizations like they do not tell these rich people where to give their money and they're very clear not to tell them how to give out their money only to facilitate their learning yeah it's like learning tours <laughs> and you're exactly that's the it's, thing that's the thing about the feelings caucus that's a it's a, a bi- feelings caucus it's a byproduct of this bullshit no- notion that you can educate your way out of anything <laughs> this I'm glad we have brought back the our segment deeply deeply diseased. Pretty much, yeah. This I didn't want to call it that explicitly because I'm uh you know, I'm trying to phase out the old segments and uh <laughs> get something fresh. Are we rebranding again? <laughs> God. Um so for them to conclude that their own wealth is undeserved and therefore immoral constitutes a powerful critique of the idea of meritocracy. Again, no it doesn't. It doesn't have shit anyways. Um, systems aren't changed by the rich people at the top. Like revolutions occur when basically the sort of bottom strata of the sort of system go kill the rich. <laughs> yes, exactly. Bottom like, line, point blank. Bottom, period. Yeah. yeah, bottom line, point blank. I yeah. don't know how else to yeah, really put it. Eat the rich is not just something you know. You just. I really wish people would. Uh, this is the thing that people should. Um, I saw on um, Facebook this week a guy who works at Food City talking about eating the rich. I'm going to go in there and high-five him. Hell yeah. There's a comrade. Hell yeah, yeah. my man. He works in the deli. He could help us grind them up. All you have to do, listen, <laughs> listen. You know, you know, like who's that one dude from Dead Pundits that had that dumbass thread this week? It was like, yeah, it was like something about there. And I said, you don't, no, 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 you don't need. All you need is bloodlust for the rich. Yeah, that's all that's required. <laughs> that's, all that's, required. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that's required. That's all that's required. And so, for that reason, I can get behind Bernie for that. I, I'm for anything that raises class consciousness. Yeah. So yeah. if Ber- that's what Bernie's doing. We need to find a way to channel that. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with his particular way of doing it, but if it's raising class consciousness, then whatever. Anyways, um, the fact that the system is immoral, of course, does not make individuals immoral. One person I spoke with, a white 30-year-old who inherited money, said, It's not that we're bad people. It's just nobody needs that much money. But judgments of systems are often taken as judgments of individuals, which leads white people to deny racism and rich people to deny class privilege. 
So even the less public work of talking through emotions, needs, and relationships, when conce- which can seem self-indulgent, is meaningful. I guarantee they have entire <laughs> workshops on how to date poor people. <laughs> I, gu- I will lead it. I'll lead that workshop. <laughs> Buy them lots of lavish gifts. That's so funny. I guarantee this comes up in the Look, feelings no, caucus. Listen to this. Listen to listen to this quote. As Mrs. Peen put it, our feelings are related to the bigger structure. <laughs> feelings. One huge cultural support of that structure is secrecy around money, which even rich people don't talk about. Which that's another. Uh, um, that's another. These people are, are dumb. Let me tell you why they're dumb. It's because Terrence is exactly right. Like, they need to pull the resources and bring a paramilitary group and go kill other rich people and whatever. Let me tell you why they're stupid. It's because that's what other rich people are doing by, you know, having the police. You're exactly exactly right. And that's how they manage to stay in power. That is exactly right. So if you really had any, like, real compunction to do anything other than just fucking come up with these dumbass words... Go start your own violent organization. Yeah, other rich people are investing. They're they're giving their money to candidates and you know fraternal orders of police and candidates <laughs> who will send all of the nation's resources into the military. Exactly right. in the yeah. police state, and they think giving a hundred thousand dollars to is going to rid them of yeah. all of their. No, that's seriously it. Uh, it's going to change the world. These people need to read about the Chinese Communist Revolution because a lot of those a lot of those guys were children of privilege, and they were like, "Okay, the only thing that's going to change this is an armed revolution." And they that's what they did do. They used their wealth to basically create paramilitaries. This this is all funneled through the sort of nonprofit way of dealing with things, which is. You, your role as an individual, you know, your feelings, your sort of emotions, having conversations, having workshops. It's literally to pass the buck. It's lit and the time. It's the stall. It's the run the fucking clock out. Yeah, run the clock out. Yeah, that's what they're the doing. The death clock. Run out the oh, death that's clock. what they're doing. They're Speaking doing... of the death clock, I'm being summoned to work. You, you gotta, so go to work. I gotta go to work. I could see you putting your shoes on. Um, I was already I was moving toward the door while you were talking. All right, all right, all right. Well, then, let me just do this last... Um, Speaking of death calls, let me just do this last. Gotta get back to mine. Um. T- okay, parents and the pro- financial professionals who manage family wealth also. T- no, no, no. I don't want to read that part. Talking about how it feels to be rich can help build affordable housing, though. Once the feeling of being a quote bad person is replaced by quote good person in a bad structure, these young people can move into redistributive action. Many talked about asserting control over their money, pursuing socially responsible investments, sometimes for much lower returns, and increasing their own or their family's giving, especially to social justice organizations. Oh, this is fuck. <laughs> we invest in in solar structural mining, like mining solar resources right. versus Rare coal resources. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and we the- have slightly less returns. That's why Kate Wagner made a good point. It's like even if you want to do solar or whatever, you're still like got conflict minerals that go into all that. People are dying because of. It. And and here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. And this is and this is what I think the main point of resource generation is in this whole approach to whatever it is. And eventually, like the people I have quoted by name here, they take a public stand. So again, it's all about narrative. It's all about using your narrative to change the narrative. 
It's all about using your personal story to change the narrative and and just being seen as a good rich person as a class trader or whatever. They're making BuzzFeed articles about tax returns. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I just want to tell these people what a sacrifice. Again, I want to tell these people if you're not if you're not comfortable with violence and starting your own paramilitary, at least give yourself up to something bigger than yourself. Get the fuck over yourself. Join even DSA would be fine. Whatever. Join some sort of communist socialist organization and give up a part of yourself to something bigger. Because otherwise the, the Capitalism's not going to end by talking about your feelings. Or your and privilege. I'm going to tell you something. You don't have a fucking thing to teach us. No, you don't have a fuck exactly. Uh. Here's what I would like. I'd like to work out an exchange with one of these generous people who wear a size 18 dress and a size 10 shoe that will send me all of their lightly worn designer clothes. That's what my, that's my you request. Wear a size 10? Shoe? Yeah. Hey, them dogs. Yeah. Nice. Paddles. Get you down the river. Well, before we disband here, um, who's your derby horses? Oh, I never know what's going on with derby. I'm gonna be in a shower at a baby shower. Is that Saturday? Derby. It's not even derby themed. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, this year my girlfriend told me we can't celebrate derby because she doesn't like it. It's problematic. I Less, know it's problematic, it's prob- but it's cultural. I like. You know I like eating listen- bacon's problematic too. I like reading the names. Um, I saw the top ones out or something. Hard Spun, yeah. Smarty Jones, Omaha, Secretariat, Candy Ride. Ain't Omaha out? Bodemeister. Yeah. Nyquist. Mind That Bird. Oh, yeah. Mind, dude, let me tell you a story about Mind That Bird. Mind Was That mind Bird's that bird from bird New Mexico. In last year? Oh, no. Nice. No, that was several years ago. That's won the mine. Derby. But let me, let me tell you the story. I'm rooting for Mind That Bird. The people that own Mind That Bird also own a peanut farm near Roswell. Oh, wow. You and told me this story. My friend Nick Kraft worked on that peanut farm. And didn't he cuck the farmer? He fucked the guy's <laughs> wife. He, oh. he got caught fucking the cut main dude's wife. <laughs> and let me tell you what he did. Let me tell you what he did. He didn't know that he had saw them. And I guess she didn't know either. So the guy calls Nick the next day. Says, here, I need you to ride out with me to get some feed or whatever for the, whatever they had out there. The cucky, not Maybe. the cuckold, not the cuck. Both. Cooker. The cucker and the the cucked <laughs> went out. He said, Nick said, I got I gotten his to do it. And I thought, you know, nothing was whatever. And he said, we've been fucking for like four months. So, like, I thought, you know, nothing, you know, he ain't, he's none the wiser. Hmm. He said that he drove Nick out to the edge of his property. And he said the whole time he kept his poker face, had like, was having conversation with him about like, you know, just the normal shit they would talk about. And Nick said that he was looking out the window, and he said when his face turned around, he said there was a double-barrel shotgun in my cheek. (laughs) And said, if you're here tomorrow, I'll blow your fucking head off. All for fucking his wife, huh? And put him out of the truck at the edge of the property? Let him get his shit or nothing? Well, let that be... He was in Roswell, New Mexico, on the fucking edge of a goddamn peanut farm. Had to go walk to a gas station. I have an aunt that lives in Roswell, and it is bleak, my friend. (laughs) Um, I didn't know you could grow fucking peanuts in New Mexico. Oh, yeah, you can. You can grow peanuts in pretty, like, dry, arid really? conditions. Yeah. Um, uh, so, okay, so let that be lesson to all of you. Uh, imagine you're sitting in a passenger seat, and you look over, and the Trillbillies are holding a shotgun to your head, saying, <laughs> go to our Patreon. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> if you don't subscribe to our Patreon. We're going to sick our paramilitary we're gonna, Yeah, right. we're going to sick our new right. paramilitary armor. Right. And funded by resource generation. Yeah, please go to our Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash triple E Workers Party. 
What? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, go, you go with my it. snap. No, go for it. This is, you know, I, I kind of want to bring back the yes men for shit like this and us put out, try to get like a legit press release out and a new story that Resource Generation has created a paramilitary, <laughs> a leftist paramilitary and make them have to backtrack it. Yeah. No, no, we're not doing that. We're not, not going to do that. We're going to have a New York Magazine article that's going to be like, no, basically we're the Hamas of the nonprofit world. <laughs> Hezbollah. And they, they have to be like, no, 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 no. You know, this. I don't know who would have said such a thing. Oh, fuck. Can that be the new, the new Trillbillies? Season four? Is yeah. that just. Let's do that. Changing the narrative. We're going to change the narrative. <laughs> you should change the narrative by going to our Patreon. Uh, so please yes, go. Please do. Please go support us there and. Um, send me your old designer handbags lately. Send Tanya your designer head. And also, also seriously, uh, if you can show me a photo of you having spray painted the dick <laughs> on the Webster go in South Beach, Miami, Webster. I'll send you $100 on PayPal. It's no lie. And, um, <laughs> and so then we'll see you in the funny papers. You've spent $100 a lot worse. <laughs>